You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou... Well, it is rally day, and... Um, You know, I was surprised to find out a few years ago, my first year in a parish, uh, that um, Lutherans are the only ones who do this thing. Uh, Back to Church Sunday is a national campaign, but um, you know, I was raised outside of church, I became an atheist, I came to Christ, immediately started worshipping at a Lutheran church, then I went off to a Lutheran seminary, then I went to a Lutheran church... And I was having a meeting with the other pastors in the community, and we were all talking about what was coming up as it was August, and I was the new guy. They're like, what's going on with you? I said, well, we got rally day coming up, just like you guys. And they went, what? (laughs) Rally day. I mean, rally day doesn't... To other Christians, rally day sounds very un-Lutheran. It sounds far too enthusiastic. I mean, second maybe only to Episcopalians, Lutherans are known as the frozen chosen amongst other Christians. <laughs> and so uh, they were surprised to hear this thing called Rally Day. And I said, well, it's just it's the kickoff to our Christian education for the year where we're, we're going to get ourselves fired up to get back in and learn more about God in the Bible. And they said, oh, well, okay, that makes some sense. But I got thinking about that afterward and I thought, boy, you know... Where else do I know about rallies from in my life? And my, my own experience of rallies, I don't have any experience with road rallies, but, um, but my own experience of rallies is limited to two major things in my life. Pep rallies when I was in high school and political rallies now that I'm an adult. Now, this is a trick question for you. Um, when do you have the pep rally, before or after the game? Before, right. When do you have the political rally, before or after the election? Before, right, because you're trying to get the troops fired up. You're trying to get everyone excited about things. Well, I had a pep, you know, we had pep rallies at my high school, but I learned what a real pep rally looks like when I went to Penn State. Now, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Penn State football today. My goal is not to make you into a Penn State football fan, at least during the sermon. I mean, maybe, maybe in the parking lot after church. Um, but, but we had this experience there. And at Penn State, the, the weekly pep rally takes hours. And it's this huge buildup. And it starts down in the Bryce Jordan Center. And then it migrates across campus. And there's all these rituals involved. And, and um, well, back when I was attending games regularly, when I lived right down the street from the... Uh, from the stadium, um, they had this video they would show as kind of the culmination of all. They had the marching band come on, and most people know that if the Penn State, uh, the, the, the drum major runs through the band, and he does a flip and lands, and he salutes the, the home side, and, and if he, the, the tradition is if he lands on his feet, not his rumpus, that Penn State's going to win. And then he goes and salutes the student side, and if he, if he makes the flip at that end, then we're supposed to win by at least a touchdown. Um, hasn't always worked out that way. Um, but the, as, as things went on, it kind of culminated in this one big moment. And if anybody here ever been to a Penn State game? What, what, what do they shout back and forth? What does the stadium do? Go 
We are Penn State, right? Back and forth and back and forth as things kind of culminate and it, it, it crescendos up. Well, um, the, the most exciting pregame I've ever been to um, was when we played Nebraska in 2002. Nebraska was the national leaders and um, I thought, oh, you know what? It's, it's, my brother was coming into town. I gave my ticket to my brother so I didn't have a ticket to the game and I'm standing outside of the thing because we were doing some campus ministry stuff. I was standing outside the stadium and you could literally feel, you couldn't hear the crowd, you could feel the stadium throbbing. It was like when the cicadas are in season, you're near the forest and you're like, I mean, it was just unbelievable. And I thought, I've got to get into this game. (laughs) And I somehow managed it. Um, I'm going to talk more about that game at the end of the sermon. But what would happen in the pregame after the band came out, after the cheerleaders came out, was your eyes would switch up to the Jumbotron and they had this video which uses music from the movie Gladiator. And um, we had a little technical difficulty with that this morning, so I have to go to the back of the room to show that to you. So I'm going to turn your eyes up to the screens here. But hear the music. Imagine it being so loud it's even overcoming the crowds as you watch it. And I want you to pay special attention to the words that flash on the screen as they come up. So you can imagine what happened to the crowd as that music crescendoed up there. And when they got to that, we are Penn State, the whole crowd would shout it out together and the team would come bursting onto the field out of the tunnel. Everyone screaming and it was crazy. Um, it was a lot, of, a lot of fun. But I got thinking to myself afterward one Sunday because games are always on a Saturday and I always had to preach on Sunday. So I'm trying not to lose my voice screaming at the games and stuff. And I was thinking, you know... Rally Day never looks like that at church. <laughs> so I got thinking to myself, what would it look like if we were to change up that video and make it for Christians, make it for church, what might it look like? Well, I'm not adept enough to do all the fancy graphics, but I, I did want you to pay attention to those words that popped up there um, because they really mean a lot to, uh, to people who go to the school um, And they kind of inspired the people who were there in that case. Um, So the first words that you'll see pop up on there on the screen were, I play for Penn State. And um, I got thinking, if we did that in church, it obviously wouldn't be, I play for Penn State. It would read, I play for Jesus Christ. Okay? And... um, 1 Corinthians, this is why I need my sheet, I don't have all these memorized. 1 Corinthians 9, 23-27 reads like this. Paul's talking about all the lengths he has gone to for the gospel, all the effort he takes to share the gospel with others, and all he's endured for it. And he writes this, he says, I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. 
Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. And they're just doing it to win a simple game that will be forgotten tomorrow. But we're racing for an imperishable crown of glory. And so we should play hard for Jesus. The next thing that pops up in the video is, there's no name on my jersey. Penn Staters are inordinately proud of the fact that their jerseys have no names on them. (laughs) Um, I think if it was in church, it would read differently. I wear Christ Jesus as my jersey. Galatians 3, 27 reads this. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus have put on Christ. We are clothed, quite literally, in Jesus so that when God looks at us, He doesn't see our sins. He instead sees the righteousness of His sinless Son. And that is the judgment upon us. We are clothed in Christ Jesus. The next thing that pops up on the video is I play with heart, with pride, to win. I think if we were to run this in church, I don't think it needs to change the first line. I play with heart. I think you probably know this one by, by, by memory. Luke ten twenty seven. Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. We play with heart. We run the Christian race with heart. But we don't run it with pride. We run it with humility. Luke 18.14 reads this way. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. If we have pride... It's in the gospel. If we have pride, it's in Christ Jesus and what He has done. We don't have pride in ourselves. For we know that we have no claim on the righteousness of God. But we lift Him up and we play with humility. But I think we do indeed play to win. To repeat what Paul said in that first passage. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Run the good race of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. The next thing that popped up in that video was who they fight for. Who do they fight for? They fight for their family. They fight for their teammates. They fight for their coaches. They fight for the fans. This is who they play for. Well, we do play for our family. 1 Timothy 5.8 reads, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Here Paul points out to the younger pastor, Timothy, that we are to provide not only for our own household, but for the household of faith, which we're to regard as our extended family. And that's the brethren to use that ancient language from that. And this comes Romans 14.9. You have, So let them, so let then, excuse me, then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. We do what we do to build those around us up in their faith as they labor to build us up in ours. And not for, we don't, 
pray for our coaches. We pray for our spiritual fathers. Really, that's kind of non-inclusive language. It really should be spiritual fathers and mothers. People who've been mentors to us in our Christian faith. You'll hear me praying extensively right now for one of my spiritual fathers um, who has a very, very grave uh, cancer diagnosis. But I've been so grateful for the way he's poured into my life these many years. And um, 1 Corinthians 4.15 reads like this, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Someone who didn't just teach, but someone who pours into your life. We've all had them. And we remember them and we honor their memory by running our race well. And of course, we don't play for the fans. We play for the hosts of heaven. Luke 15.10 reads, Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. We play with, we fight with the company of heaven and they watch us and cheer for us and fight with us. The next thing we read in the video, I play for those who came before me. And again, this is not necessarily something that needs to be changed, I don't think. My favorite passages, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Pictures, all those who came before us in the faith upon whose shoulders we stand. And next month we'll be celebrating the heritage of our congregation. Their witness, as they gather around us in glory, they've run their race successfully, and now they're cheering us on as we run ours. And of course, we don't do it for the glory of old state. We do it for the glory of the Lord. And we know this passage because we hear it every time there's a baptism, every time there's confirmation. This passage from Matt, the Sermon on the Mount... Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We don't play for Penn State. We play for Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. We can say that when we're cheering on God. Amen. <laughs> final passage for you today. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. We play for Jesus Christ. We are not Penn State. We are Christ's people. I'm tempted. <laughs> if I were to say we are, you would say back. Christ people. We are. Christ people. We are. Christ people. Exactly. That's what we ought to have in terms of our enthusiasm for the gospel and for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because here's the reality: we're like the Syrophoenician woman in today's gospel reading. We have no claim on Him. And yet, out of the goodness 
of His grace, He claims us. And so we should, as James writes, show our faith by our works, by learning more about Him, by spending time with Him, by having a personal walk with God, and then by going out and doing the things that Christians do, loving and serving in His name. And I think the reason we fail to do that is we flip to the last chapter of the book too soon. I told you about the Nebraska game. It was the record attendance in Penn State history. You can still find pictures of it for that reason, like in downtown Penn State, downtown State College. See, I can't even I conflate the two. Um, we went in there. That, was, that place was, was just roaring and humming, and it was unbelievable. And five minutes into the game, it was the quietest stadium I've ever been in in my life. Because five minutes in, we were two touchdowns up. And no one was excited anymore. It wasn't going to be a fight. I think we flip to the end of the book and we see Jesus wins and we feel like, oh, well, that's good. Now what? And we do know that that's the advantage we have is that knowing that the Lord of love does gain the victory in the end, but here's what we don't know. We don't know what the few plays we will get to play in will look like. You're going to be on the playing field for a very short time. How will you play Will you play hard? Will the team get up the field while you're on the field or will they get pushed back? We are called upon to play hard for Jesus, to fight hard for the gospel because the world out there needs that light and that love. And because He has claimed us for Himself back from death for eternal life. We fight because we are. We are. We are. Amen. And hallelujah. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best heart in the day and the night Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life